Hello, everybody. Welcome to the experiment that is inhospitable. My name is Andy Gonzalez. Uh, this is my podcast. Uh, I am uh, I'm now posting uh, both episode one and, and two. Uh, I just listened to episode one with uh, Craig Richards and George Yu. Uh, it was a blast to listen to that again. Uh, episode two is Ryan Smith, uh, executive chef uh, from Staple House, and uh, Sam Herndon. Um, formerly his right-hand man, now Hugh Atchison's uh, right hand. Uh, both unbelievably talented chefs. I cannot believe these two actually came to my basement. Uh, uh, of course, it was pre-COVID, so uh, things were a little bit lighter. But uh, after re-listening to this uh, this piece of uh, of I guess history at this point, I um, am delighted with how fun a conversation it is. We get into uh, their personal lives and where they came from and what they love about the business. And also, uh, there's some food writing talk in there and their relationship over time together. Uh, It was a really, really good chat. It lasts about 90 minutes, so I will tell you this. There's no editing thus far. Uh, I will post things in their entirety, and then at some point, I might learn how to edit things. Or I might not. Either way... I hope you enjoy this conversation, this pre-COVID, pre-stress conversation uh, with two of the most talented chefs in the city of Atlanta. Uh, So uh, just a little background. I met Sam as a regular at Steinbeck's, uh, my pub. I had no idea he was in the business. He was just this guy who came in and seemed to have a good time and liked to chat. Uh, but not with everybody. He's very selective about who he talks to. And then when I found out who Sam was, I met Smith through him. Uh, Ryan is extremely intelligent. Uh, when you listen to the podcast, when you listen to this, to the episode, you will understand how they get along because they're both very cerebral, uh, very organized mentally and very talented. So uh, it was a very fast and loose conversation, and I had a lovely time talking to them both. And uh, Smith even brings up coronavirus a couple of times uh, in a very prescient way during uh, the episode. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for coming back for episode two. Uh, This is uh, Ryan Smith and Sam Herndon here in the basement. Uh, Thank you for listening to Inhospitable. So why don't why don't I get to the crux of the introductions? So we have uh, Ryan Smith, executive chef at Staple House, partner executive chef. What I is your know. title? I don't know. Do you? Uh, do, I mean, uh, it's, it's, ma- it's maintenance man. Maintenance man. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and uh, Sam Herndon, who is the uh, Herndon uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him a DM. So you would be you work for Hugh Action uh, as his kind of. Uh, Right hand, essentially, right? Uh, chef de everything? Yeah, more or less. Lots of pats. Yeah. Yeah. Travel chef, uh, culinary director, 
recipe writer. Okay. Cause I wanted to ask you, cause I've, we talk about this quite a bit and I'm never really, I never really solidified into a single title because most of the time a chef is like an executive chef, a chef de cuisine, a chef de partie, fucking plonger, whatever the fuck, whatever you are. But you seem to wear many hats for Hugh, which is very fascinating to me personally. It's, an it's, it's mostly Hugh's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just saying. Still, still. It's an important hat to it's wear. It's an important hat. It's a nice hat. I don't have a hat that nice. No, I don't either. Yeah, it's definitely led me to a lot of places that uh, I'm very fortunate to go that I never thought cooking would ever <clears throat> got me there. But it's pretty unique. Yeah. Okay. Way to expound. I like it. I like it. Um, so why don't we start from the beginning? Where did of where did time? you start working? Where'd you start working? Yes, from the Big Bang. Let's start. Uh, in in Atlanta or just where? What was your first kitchen gig? Ooh, God! I've spent a lot of years trying to forget that. So we don't have to talk about it if there's if it's. Uh, I mean, it was the normal. Is it pink dish dishwashing position at ye old college diner in State College, Pennsylvania? I wow, fifteen. Maybe fifteen. Yeah. Wow. It was. Yeah. You know, I mean, and how old are you now? Thirty-nine. Yeah. Wow. It was a question. No, it's <laughs> thirty. I'm thirty-nine. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a long that's yeah. a, a long kitchen career. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. I think you're doing fine. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I stretch sometimes. But yeah. So and how did I, you end up here? Well, so I, uh, I knew before I took that dishwashing job that I, like, that was what I wanted to do. And really, yeah, when you were fifteen, yeah, I knew it, and it was mainly because of the essence of Emerald. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. No shit. No shit. I would literally watch that show, and. I was hooked. I just knew I wanted to cook. Yeah, I mean, I... And ironically, I fucking hated food as a kid. Really? Like, I was the pickiest son of a bitch ever. I have a nephew that's a a lot like that. Oh, horrible. Like, I wouldn't eat anything at McDonald's. My parents would pack a fucking cheese sandwich, bread and cheese, if they knew we were going to go to McDonald's. Because I wouldn't eat anything. It's not because in that situation. It's, it's not because it was you know, you know. In 1986, I realized that McDonald's was a shitty fast food restaurant. It was because I was a picky fucking asshole. You know, yeah. like I wouldn't eat anything. So. Yeah, my nephew is a chef, and uh, he's now working as a chef in Portland. And he was a fucking terror. He wouldn't eat anything. He would. He specifically wanted like chicken nuggets from Chick Fil A. Those were the those were the nuggets. He would not accept McDonald's chicken nuggets. Yeah, he you was, remember the he was picky and a pain in the ass. The fucking oval Burger King chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. My shit. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's your jam. Is that your is that your jam? <laughs> so this is this is fucked up. There was a Burger King right next door to my dentist, and I had my mom took me to go get uh, get cavities drilled out and filled or whatever and uh you know obviously you usually get novocaine and i was so 
hungry for a fucking chicken sandwich that I told the doctor I didn't want Novocaine. What? And I went through the entire procedure without Novocaine so that I could eat a chicken sandwich after. Holy. That yeah. explains a lot about you. That is a lot. of. I need you to quit kitten that table. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> it's loud. It's loud. Like, can you not hear it? No, I heard it. My okay. foot slipped. And it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I snapped at you. All right. We're back. Um, anyway. That's awkward. So, that, so you went Novocaine-less yeah. to get a Burger King chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. The oval kind. That didn't even. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. It like, it I guess last. things it, are still kind of like that because, but but in the old days, like chicken and fish didn't look like chicken or fish. Oh no, it was highly manipulated, yeah, heavily compressed, <laughs> which which is actually cool now. And yeah, fine dining we put some meat, we put meat glue on it. <laughs> yeah, they they had an edge on us, I guess. Calling it a seed. That's strange. I'm the 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 emerald thing. I remember the emerald thing, but. I, I I watched uh I, there was a one and a half hour block. Um Great Chess of the Southwest, uh The Frugal Gourmet, yeah. <laughs> and Justin Wilson. And oh. I watched them back to back to back every week. Every every weekday when I was home from school. That's amazing. And my sisters were like, Why why are you watching those things? You don't you don't cook anything. And I was like, Well, you wouldn't let me cook even if I yeah. did want to cook. Like nobody would allow me to pick a pan up. I'm a I'm the only boy in a Latina household. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> Justin Wilson's kitchen was amazing. The country kitchen. Oh, I loved it. With, that's he a, would sit down and pour himself a giant glass of Chablis off the jug at the end. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a pretty big joke at uh, Staple House. Man, uh, one of our sous chefs, Nick Partridge, would just walk around and say, like, just say a little bit of black pepper. Just a little bit, a bit of, of black, black pepper. pepper. <laughs> and then I loved how he always would challenge the camera that he could measure out the perfect amount of dry spice in his hand. Yeah. And <laughs> it's right. To prove the he point, would... he would pour it into a dry <laughs> measure tablespoon. <laughs> like, I told you that a tablespoon of cotton pepper. <laughs> I remember that. And then <laughs> it's terrifying. And coincidentally enough, I, uh, one of our colleagues in Atlanta, I'll remain nameless on his Instagram account, but he had posted this must-get book of Jeff Smith, The Frugal Gourmet. And I was like, holy shit, dude. You know that dude had, like, 14 kids say they touched him. And then he, like, immediately took it down. I was like, yeah, it was kind of weird. And then also when I was seven, my parents <laughs> took me to meet him at the mall. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. The, yeah. I, I was mean, like, I, Tom and Rita. Damn it. That was me. Sorry. I do feel bad about The Frugal Gourmet. I feel bad that I watched him so so often and i was totally cool with it i felt like i should have seen it you know what i mean in the way he was flipping the chicken thighs and brazen i was it, i felt like i should have seen it i should have i should have warmed someone oh, but no shit. when he's making chicken marsala it's like it's him yeah. <laughs> only alleged he wasn't convicted Ale- yeah i mean well he di- he's dead so is he like, dead yeah he died shortly after oh i think 19 you know a lot about this story well, I had to research the other day because I had to make sure I was going to embarrass this person over the internet properly. I'm not going to so embarrass you, myself. Oh, this, you this hit the Wikipedia recent? page. Yeah, it was like a week ago. Huh. Oh. It's that I'm Matt Israeli. He posted it. You just said you were going to keep it. <laughs> you just said you were going to keep a secret, and now yeah. we know. Now we all know. I mean, there's you only. You better ask him to edit this. 
You can go ahead and ask me, but I'm probably not going to. I don't really care. That's a pretty funny story. It's <laughs> amazing. I will say that, if, I mean, uh, the last one we did, Fred and George, were, like, they were on eggshells to start, and then it just, like, all came out at the end. <laughs> it's just like, man, you guys are oh, doing we're just such a good started. job. I know. Oh, I realize. Yeah, like, get, there's a reason why you're here. That's going to get fucked up. <laughs> so you get to you, you're, uh, you're, you're denying yourself painkillers. In, in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, and right. then somehow you get here. How does that Well, happen? I mean, I, I ended up getting into cooking in kitchens. Um, and actually, uh, in high school, as you can imagine, uh, a little troubled. Mm. You know, just got a little trouble here and there. A little? Yeah, a little bit. And uh, there was a, a home ec course and i took it and the gentleman that was the the chef of the class was incredible he was i i describe him he's he's pretty much to the t like chef from south park hilarious (laughs) huge personality like the nicest fucking dude you'll ever meet he even started like a nonprofit just to help kids that were in trouble. So wow. like he was, he's incredible. Um, and his name's Ray Williams. He's amazing. <clears throat> anyway. So his energy, like when I started taking this course, like I took it kind of like, yeah, I'll, you know, whatever I'll do this and yeah, whatever. And I just fell in love with that. I mean, that was like, okay, this is, this dude is amazing. And, uh, then I found out that you could, in, in your senior year of high school, you could um, get into the Votech thing and basically get on, like, you know, I don't know, work release, if that's the right way to say it. But, like, <laughs> I think that's prison, but I, I know, you know what, what I'm mean. saying. <laughs> work, work, study. Work, work study. Yeah. Work, yes. Yeah. Uh, it still feels like work release. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I got a job at Penn State Catering. Um, I'd go to school for two periods and then go to work. And it was like the best thing ever. And, uh, Worked for a couple CIA grads at Penn State Catering, and they convinced me to go to CIA. So, wow! Literally, right after I graduated, eighteen years old, upstate New York, CIA two-year program. That's a crazy mainline kind of story. Most crazy. people like, well, I I wandered for almost a decade before I ever picked up a pan. I mean, I I knew it's what I wanted, but. I was still like young and ready to party, you know? So like there's the timing of it. I feel like, uh, I, my, I guess my biggest regret as far as CIA is like, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of the facility the way I wish it would have, you know? And it was because I was busy doing a lot of other things. I did well, I did really well, but you know, I just wanted to party. Well, yeah, but that's, that's the, that's the college experience. I mean, even people who are serious about their lives in college still, that's, I mean, that's all you think about at that point. That's, I I don't remember thinking about anything else. Like I wasn't like, oh, I got to study for that physics. No, no, no. Like if a a girl wandered up at a party, like it just poof, like all that other way, just gone. Adios. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? That's just part of that time. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to regret that time because you're never going to get it back. Like, you know, yeah, like for like as a metaphor, I'm watching uh, American Ninja Warrior the other day and they're going uh, guys who are like 48 and up 
48 and up contestants coming up. And I looked at Jesse and I'm like, one of our waiters is like, I got 20 bucks that none of them makes it up the wall. I'm like, I bet they all, they all get close, but none of them makes it up the wall. He's like, done. I'll take that bet. <laughs> that's a, you, you, you shouldn't do that. There's Cause, no way because they're like they're like uh, stale tennis balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can have as much upper body strength as you want, but there's no bounce left. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when I look back on that time, it's just all about the bounce. Like I was a moron, but a good bounce. I was energetic. I was an energetic moron. Yeah. No, that that that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just who you are at that point. Yeah, if I party like I did back then, I, there'd be no bounce the next day, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, and most guys, at least you had a vision, at least you had a direction. Most guys yeah, are just like, that, they kind of just wander, you yeah. know what I mean? Are you flexing and, on me right now? Because no, you're in I'm, good shape, Chef. No, it's I'm, not, it's no, not I'm sore from <laughs> my kids. Swear. No, there's no flexing. <laughs> it's all flab. Uh. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I got, I graduated, and I was, I no wait, holy shit, I wasn't even twenty one yet. I wasn't twenty one. I graduated culinary school. Oh boy, yeah, because I moved back to Central PA and had my twenty first birthday there. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's only a two year program, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just nuts. But you know, the the way I got down here was Drew Van Leuven. Yeah. So Drew and I were in the same class in CIA, mm-hmm. and I learned more from him in school in the time I was with him than I did from most of my instructors. And I was like, I got it. I have to go work with this dude. Yeah. And he was at, <clears throat> do you remember Asher up in Roswell? No. It was him and Todd Ginsburg. Seriously? At this little Victorian home in downtown Roswell. That doing sounds familiar. Prefix tasting menus in Roswell. In Roswell in like 2002. Wow. And Drew called me and I moved down to work there. But before I moved down, I I took this cross country trip and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to just travel, you know, take advantage of a month." <laughs> Came down and by the time I got down here it was closed and I was oh, like, shit. Oh fuck! <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> so I had to figure it out. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you did. And you, you. What was your first gig? My first gig was decorating cakes at a bakery at fifteen. Really? Yeah. Can you do me a small favor? Yeah. Can you move the closer? mic? Or you can be. You can move the mic towards you. Either one. This I put them on. Close enough. I, I thought you were gonna ask him to make a cake for your kids. You know what? That would have been a better. That would have been. A, I've. I am a my a my daughter has a birthday coming up. <laughs> Actually, my birthday is probably first for the record. When's your birthday? The twenty ninth. No, mine's Sunday. Yours is Sunday. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I didn't yeah. get you anything That's except fine. for um, record you on a podcast, which I seems got, like a dubious gift. I gifted you a lot of regret that will last your whole life. That's true. Which yeah. is why I'm going to drink this weekend. Oh, the scars. Touche. The scars, they run deep. Uh, I basically got my start the same way Smith did. Uh, I was a latchkey kid and came home by myself a lot of times after school and uh, would just watch cooking shows. My favorite were the PBS Saturday morning shows with uh, Lydia Bastianich. Uh, 
Who are some other great ones? Jacques Pepin, which I actually got to meet last year. And in typical fashion of like awkward Sam moments in the world that I went to go meet him. And like he turned around and he had cheese in both hands and he was eating cheese. And he was like, like, I just nodded with my hands shrugged. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It's nice to meet you. So you didn't wait it out? You just... Oh no, no he was. There's no, there no way to go. <laughs> you just, you just walked away. Oh, pretty much. You used yeah. to watch him on television. You didn't. You didn't like. You could have prolonged it a little bit to see if the one. Maybe he was. Oh no, it would. It would have got down. more awkward because oh. I was just stood there and looked at him. And, <laughs> and being in Colorado was probably high, and I'm not a good high person. That's probably. But I digress. But you could have kept going. I was fine. I was hoping there was more to that story that after the cheese but i guess i guess not no he just kind of walked away there are i do have some funny stories from that aspen trip though they're all centered around legal use of marijuana though yeah uh but yeah going back to how i got my start uh i was willing to diverge for the record i was just waiting to see which way you were going i could have thrown you a bone and i did i did get to meet some really amazing people like captains of our industry one stands out that we kind of hit it off was Will Ghidorah from 11 Madison Park, formerly of 11 Madison Park. He was the front of the house uh, partner of it. And I remember we were all out to dinner and he started off the dinner of everyone has to tell a story. And he started at me and I was so catatonic high because I had done an edible. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> If you're going to a dinner, why Sam. would you? Why would you start the night this off? Is a, like this that? is also like not Sam. No, <laughs> I was like legal weed. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I Did you get... know you were going to go to dinner with fucking Will Gadara? I can't remember. Probably because you were high. Because you're high. Well, so I asked the guy. <laughs> I was like, I I got to do sativa. I can't do indica. He was like, Well, we'll just do like this much of this, and I did half of that, and it still wrecked me. Oh, oh, and man. so I'm just sitting silent at the table, not able to talk to so be a fly you, on the wall. Did and you e, did you even launch into a story? Were you able to mount a story? I at don't all? think I even said anything. I think I just shook my head vigorously side to side. And he's like, "We'll come back to you." And I was like, "Uh huh." So that that's what had you guys hit it off. <laughs> what it probably remembers me from. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it sounded like you had a pretty deep Well, connection. then after the dinner, and it came back to me, and I was like, I still don't have a story. I'm sorry. And then he put his arm around me after dinner. He was like, I want to get my story one day out of you, Sam. I was like, I got to confess, I ate an edible for dinner. I really high. And he just started laughing and walked away. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Number one restaurant in the world. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That's what it's like to travel with Sam. Oh, shaking hands and kissing babies. Shaking hands and kissing babies, making friends. I don't know what to say right now. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know. That's fine. You seem to be doing fine. I don't think it really matters one way or the other. Yeah, it probably doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I think my awkwardness is endearing. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give you a Yeah, definitely. It It just took me 36 years to learn how to embrace it. (laughs) It it took me 38 years to realize I was awkward. (laughs) But that's part of your brand. If you I don't embrace your awkwardness, as that's compared your brand. to him, there's no that's I'm fucking awkward. That's I don't 
I don't see that. That's I mean, different, though. This I, is like this, this right here it, is like a Seinfeld level awkward here. Well, this is an office. Listen, I I don't disagree with that. <laughs> Well, but it's also like my relationship with you is different because we are, you know, we have a lot of shared interests. We're both in the same business. We have a lot that we can relate to and have an easy conversation. Sure. My main awkwardness comes from just people that I don't know that well or guests in the restaurant. Oh. Me at the table, fucking horrible. <laughs> I love I, that. I own it now because I know that I'm awkward. Yeah. But it took me a long time. I also I was, think, sorry to interrupt. I also think yeah. if Ryan and I are close to each other, that we become some type of singularity in the universe where <laughs> the awkwardness comes to us in exponential forms. That's also true. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. I have a good story. Can you tell it? So, <laughs> can I tell it? I don't know. Can is it, I? Is it PC? He didn't have an edible, so I think he's good. Right? <laughs> No, I so before <laughs> the the long journey of opening the doors of Staple House was many years, as you know, and uh, a lot of just bullshit delays that just continued to go and go. But leading up to it, we started to gain some traction, almost to the point where I I, I think we may have even had equipment and smallwares in the building. Yeah. So we, we were getting close. So just as an aside. Sam was a chef de cuisine yes. at Staple House. Yes. So I um I wanted to mention that. Please carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam was the opening chef de cuisine at Staple House. Prior to that, we worked together. He was the chef de cuisine at Empire with with me. He basically made me look good for a very long time, and now I don't look so good. So that's not true. I miss you. I'm just I kidding. Miss you too, uh, so leading up, we're close to opening. <clears throat> We're both kind of sick and tired of each other because the work we're doing is not what we want to be doing. We're not cooking. We're unpacking fucking plastic containers out of plastic bags that are in cardboard boxes. And we're looking at fucking computers and paper and all this fucking bullshit trying to open a restaurant. And it's like the dog days of summer. We're driving to my house and we're sitting on Memorial right before Moreland heading towards decatur mm-hmm. okay so right before that little liquor store mm-hmm. and we're the like tower, yeah yeah right before that tower mm-hmm. and we're right up by where there's like a little side street there's like a little motorcycle shop mm-hmm. the triumph place so we're right by that sidewalk and there's a there's a guy walking towards us on a um on that sidewalk and we're sitting at a red light and I'm in Sam's car, so I'm the passenger in the car. So he's walking closest to me, and I was—I I made some smart-ass remark, like, "Oh, Sam, look, I think there's a nice gentleman here that might want to take out on a date." And you know, we're just giggling because he had really high jean shorts on, mm-hmm. and they were frayed. <laughs> and he stood right, like, at the intersection. He was waiting to be able to cross the street. Right. And I look over, and he had a tattoo on the inside of his thigh of a heart mm-hmm. with a name in it, and the name was Sam. <laughs> and I am not kidding you. And we both just started dying laughing. But it's, it's stuff like that that just happens to us all the time. Like, all the time. We are together in the most random stuff that you cannot make up 
and, and and it's the series of how the events get to these places. It's like for me to make a comment like that, just poking fun, you know, which is totally inappropriate. And then come to find out that the guy's got a tattoo yeah. like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And with the Austin one. Oh, the Austin one was amazing. But I don't think it like the story doesn't do that one justice, but there's it just it's never ending. Every time that I'm with him, I feel like some crazy stuff happens. To to that point, you you two do spend time together, which is odd. Not well, maybe well, not maybe not odd. I'll say this: not maybe, as maybe much, odd is too much. Well, we don't I, we don't get to spend as much time as I think either one of us would like to. Now. But at the same time, my point is that you not maybe you spend a lot of time together, but maybe uh, you do seem to enjoy each other's company quite yeah. a bit, which is not. Uh, you don't find that in the food world very often. No, I think we have a pretty unique relationship because we have been through an awful lot together professionally and personally, but uh, somehow through all of those hard and rewarding times on both sides, uh, you know, we've, we've managed to maintain a relationship through that, which is not, that's not, normal i don't think you it's know, very like, difficult yeah it's really hard because and when the restaurant leans on you it's really hard it's to really hard the people who are for some reason the people who are in the restaurant are the hardest to lean on i don't know why that is because they're going through the exact same thing but i think the duress of yeah of getting the the product right and making sure everything gets done it just puts this incredible emotional strain on everyone who's involved it's insane especially when i mean not for nothing. Like it's one thing to open the companion, which is a bar with the restaurant tendencies. It's a different thing to open Staple House, which is sort of like a it's almost like a raison d'etre of the of the Atlanta food world. And it's like it's whole other it has this whole other cavalcade of needs and issues and yeah. concept. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. So yeah. to to the to that point, it's it's a huge amount of pressure and for you guys to still enjoy each other's company through all that is that's significant. Like that's a, that's a huge thing. I mean, con- yeah. congratulations. I, I don't know that I'd know anyone. Heterosexual who, life partners. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I think Neil Brennan Unless said he describes Dave Chappelle as like a, what, what day is today? Today is Monday. Today is oh, Monday. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, except for Sunday. Except for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Lord's day. Yeah. And to- <laughs> well, this, anyway, anyway, let's uh, move on. <laughs> I need to get some trouble. Oh, uh, let's see. Where were we? Where, so you had made it to Atlanta. You were decorating cakes. Uh, so I'm from Atlanta. Uh, yeah, so I was decorating cakes. Somehow got fired from that job. I don't even remember. Uh, you got fired from that job? How? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't even remember how. I mean, I was a teenager. I was probably doing something stupid. Uh, but, I mean, I pretty much owe everything to cooking. I know it sounds cliche, but to both my grandmothers that had such different styles, one being very Southern roots and one being kind of Francophile. Like I used to make my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, dig up turnips in the garden and butter them out for me when I was like six years old. Like what normal kid does that? No normal kids. No. I don't, uh, think, I don't think I ate a turnip until I was like 24. And was, your, was your grandmother French? Or was she just, is that just the bloodline or? No. Is that just a, she was just down with French cooking? Just, like, just down with hyper precision. That's probably where I get a lot of my fastidiousness from. 
Yeah, well, uh, that would make sense. What was that word? My, you know what? I was going to let him sorry. go. I was going to let him go. I heard it too. It's the beer. I'm a fastidious person. You are fastidious. So oh, that's probably where I get it person. from. Uh, yes. I'm into it. Thank and you. then uh, <laughs> I started college and I basically worked my way through college, starting off as a dishwasher slash delivery driver for a catering company. And then my most of my college career, I just I worked at Bacchanalia, where I met Mr. Ryan Smith. And I went to school full-time and worked at Bacchanalia full-time. Oh, wow. Nice. So that was, uh, that's, what is that, 05, 06, 07? Where is that? Mm, was I started much there, later. I started there, 05 or 06. No, I, I, wait, let's see. Well, I think we I started met, 06. I there. think we met in 08. Yeah. I know I'd, I'd been there a minute before you started. I think there. you had been there and already left. To no, that's not I hadn't left what yet. What am I talking about? No. Yeah, because I moved. I had moved away for a year, moved up to upstate New York, and then came back. And I think I came back in '08 and started working at Bach. So, then what was that like? What was Bacchanalia like? I mean, it's a storied restaurant. It still exists, but I. What kind of? I mean, I know. I mean, it does. Me, it, it, I guess it exists in name. I don't. It was the first. Um, I mean, it was the first hyper fine dining restaurant I've worked in, and when I moved away, I uh, in two thousand seven. Uh, when I realized I was coming back here, it's all all I wanted to do was work at Quinones. Is mm-hmm. it? I was like, that's. Like I have to, I have to do it. I got to figure out how to get there, and uh, it took me a long time to be able to get my foot in the door there. But uh, it was, it was a great experience. Keep going. Yeah. Good. Uh, what about you, Sam? Uh, I thought I was going to get fired every day for about six months. Yeah, I definitely felt that way too. Because I could never get my station set up on time. Uh, but also, I mean, I'd get there. One after a full morning of class, and usually had no idea what was going on. I don't even know why she hired me. Honestly, I basically had zero experience. Uh, I mean, you you had fastidiousness, right? That's a that's a pretty big step, right there. A pretty big word. That's, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing. So you you walk in, you talk to Annie. She hires you with no experience. Uh, I had a little bit, but at that at that level, it Were was you pretty negligible. Oh yeah, I was cheap and I, young, and there you I go. Guess right she there. saw something in me, and yeah, fastidious, cheap, and young. Now we still have a pretty good relationship, but every I time I see that. her, it's I, I would hire that any minute, any, any minute of the day. Done. Fastidious, cheap, and young. I'll take all those things. Moldable. Yeah, you're gonna pay attention. Do the shit I ask you to do. So, and you want to learn. Yeah. That's, that's important stuff. So, yeah. So, you, uh, you go from there to Empire? Or no? Oh, no. I, well, yeah. I freaked out. <laughs> you freaked out? Uh, I got out of a relationship that I was naive to think that was, that was the one. I was like 25. Graduated college at the same time. And had just decided on a whim to move to Maine. Uh. I helped. Oh, so that's the main. Okay. I helped run a seasonal restaurant up there in Northeast Harbor. And then also kind of split time between Maine and then Madrid. 
and then came back to DC and then eventually back to Atlanta. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. There's not a lot of people who would have gone to, gone to Maine and Madrid and then come back to Atlanta. It wasn't my intention to stay here. Yeah. Uh, well, we're glad you're here, but I got, I got Ryan Smith. He just kind of got me. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> I was actually contemplating on working for Sean Brock in Charleston. And then I just, I just decided to stay in Atlanta. Should we talk about that story? Why don't we, why don't we talk about this story? <laughs> well, I mean, you're gonna have to tell it. So you're going to bring it up. You got to tell it. Come on. Let's, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> Might as well. So, uh, <laughs> think about the timeline there. It's probably around. So Sam had 2010, 2011. Probably. So Sam had gone, done his travels and he ended up back in Atlanta. And I guess at that time I was hired at Empire. Yeah, you right. just started, and I was just pulling random shifts on the grill a couple yeah, days Yeah, he was just kind of helping out. So I hired him kind of part-time. And um, uh, Husk in Charleston opened up. Mm-hmm. And Sam was, like he mentioned, um, uh, really interested in potentially you know, m- moving to Charleston and working for Sean. And you know, I you know knew Sean a little bit from doing a couple dinners and stuff, and we were also really excited about Husk opening. And uh, so Sam, uh, a friend of longtime friend of Sam Sam's beau, who I'm also friends with, we decided to take a very quick trip to Charleston to go eat at Husk. It was I don't know maybe a couple months after they opened. I'm not really sure, but and we. Uh, I don't know how much of this is. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're right. Yeah, the the <laughs> so the drive there, as you know, four and a half, five hour drive, yeah. right? I think our plan was to drive there, eat at Husk that night, and then come back at some point the next day. So we get in the car pretty early early to, to you know a, to chef standards a, a middle-aged or 20 year you know middle 20s chef so probably so 11 10, o'clock 10 or 30, <laughs> 10 30. <in> the morning <laughs> uh and we hit the road and we brought some beverages with us mm-hmm. and <laughs> you don't condone that to but no this is a long no, time ago this is a long time ago yeah back when he had bounce yeah, I don't have bounce. I have kids. They have bounce. They have bounce. So we, you know, whatever. It, was, it wasn't, It was like, wild. But anyway, we get to Charleston, and we decide to uh, go to Husk Bar before we check into our hotel, which is right down the street. Right. And we had some more beverages. And we were pretty good. Plowed. Yeah. Done. Yeah, we should. We probably should have just went to bed. <laughs> but I'm starting to realize all the elements of the story. <laughs> we didn't, about the we didn't do that. <laughs> we we then went and checked into our hotel as we were about an hour away from our reservation, and we walk in the door of our hotel room. Sam 
puts his bag down, gets his like bathroom bag out of his his bag, goes to the bathroom and pulls out a battery powered beard trimmer, and he sits in the bathtub and starts to shave his head. <laughs> well, um. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I think it's good. Okay. <laughs> it's getting pretty good. The batteries die. Oh, no. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've got a, as you mentioned earlier, not tipsy Sam. <laughs> <laughs> half shaven. And I don't mean half shaven like, like. Uh, you're at a, a like fucking, a nice line. Like you're at a fucking barber, and there's like <laughs> a, a, an acceptable, like present, presentable hair. Oh shit! Yeah, you saw the picture now. <laughs> oh no, not the. <laughs> yeah. So it's also very sunburned from the Braves game the day before. <laughs> oh my god! You look like Ron Howard's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Holy shit! <laughs> um, what's your uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Shernan three. There you go. Uh, if you'd like to see the picture out there, well, it's actually on Ryan Smith's show. Yeah, I, I think I posted but that. I'm tagged on it, so you'll be able to find it. Perfect. Yeah. So, so uh, we, I I helped him shave it a little further than what you just saw, because he definitely looked like you know at that point like Ron Howard's brother, but. We got it to an okay place, but it was spotty. <laughs> and so I, we basically got ready. I mean, like I said, we were an hour away from dinner and we were freaking out because, I mean, we were all, we were all a mess. Like Sam wasn't the only one that was a mess. He was the only one that made the decision to shave his fucking head <laughs> yeah. with, a beard trimmer with a beard trimmer with dead batteries. Yeah. So I made him wear a hat in the restaurant. And it made him very uncomfortable because he did. He was just that's not that's not acceptable. Like we're going to a nice dinner, you know. We know some people there. I was like, you, if you take that fucking hat off, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> don't just don't take that. Okay, so we sit down, and um, and they just cook for it. It was incredibly generous. Oh, wow. And it was an incredible meal. And I think it was spring. It was in April. We went in April. It was fucking incredible. Like, really good. But they threw, like, ten courses oh, of, they killed of you. husk courses. Yeah. Not, like, dainty. It was... They threw it at us. And we were, like, 75% of the way through. And we all started to hit a wall. But Sam hit a wall. <laughs> Sam hit a wall. So Sam, do you, do you want me to... Would you like to keep going? Keep or is going. He yeah, seems to be doing a pretty good job. I just want to make sure. Make, well, I want to make sure I'm not uh, overshare. Ah, no, you're good. Okay. So um, Sam's, I think it was a pork dish, maybe? It was a like a, a pork tasting dish. It was like... Multiple preparations, preparations of, of pork. Sam's like chewing a, one bite for... A, a, like a good five to ten minutes. That was from the previous course. So they cleared like a lamb course. And he's and still, chewing. still chewing. Oh. Cleared the course, set a new course down of like all these different pork preparations. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So Sam, <laughs> Sam decided that it was time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Smart by going upstairs because he was, I guess, had some privacy, but he opened the door and let it loose. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Sean Brock's going to hear this and he's going to Sean, Sean Brock is not going to listen to my podcast. Okay. And <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Sean knows. Yeah. I mean, he had to send, he had to send a dishwasher into that bathroom. It, that's not a secret. Probably. I mean, I mean he, Sam, he you, has to know. Okay, so Sam was, here's the, here's the best part of it. So Sam's up there and, you know, Bo and I are sitting at the table managing the course that we're on. We're, fi- we're fine. And uh, uh, Sean shows up. He hadn't been there, but he shows up and he comes out. We're talking and we, you know, Bo and I start taking a tour of like the back kitchen and all this stuff. And we're outside. I'm like, oh, fuck, where the fuck is Sam? Jesus Christ. I was supposed to introduce Sam to Sean oh. to potentially get him like a, hey, my fucking buddy, you know, he's thinking about moving to Charleston. If you're hiring for either McCrady's or, you know, <laughs> we're outside, like taking the tour. It's like 30 minutes. And so, you know, back to the sending a dishwasher to clean it. Sam may have done a good job cleaning it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's still up in the air. But <laughs> he shows up. <laughs> I don't even remember how that goes down, but it was a pretty brief interaction, I think, when at that point between <laughs> you and Sean. And he's gonna remember me for the rest of his life now, though. Probably he still does. He yeah. still remembers me every time he sees me. Well, I mean, that sounds memorable. Certainly, it was. It was an experience. It was. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I, considering all of those things, I will say it was an incredible dining experience. Yeah, and I. And uh, I've uh, I've only eaten at that. Well, no, that's not fair. I've eaten at Husk Nashville once. Every experience I've had in Husks have always been great, especially in Charleston. But anyway, we went to we I went to um, we did some R and D for uh, Drift, uh, my friend Douglas's restaurant up in Charleston, and we went ended up going to Husk. It was lovely. It's super good. Yeah, Travis Grimes is a fucking badass. Yeah, really talented cook. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. They did, I mean, they do it really well. I mean, Charleston's just fun. I know that. Uh, the food in Charleston's great. Yeah. I, really I, good. I really enjoy it. Anyway, yeah, it was a, I mean, we were doing fucking snow angels on Queen Street at two in the morning later that night. I mean, and, you know, this April. is Yeah, this is Charleston. There's no snow. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> so that didn't work out, so you end up working... For him back here, is that how that goes? Or I wouldn't say it didn't necessarily work out. It's kind of I did it okay. The, the it just okay. It never did, really pursued anything. We never pursued okay. it. Oh, it was I kind of a, oh. That wasn't the like. I don't it, think it wasn't. A, it wasn't a backbreaker. Nobody knows that. No, 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 no. Yeah, it wasn't. It. No, I don't think Sean ever has looked at me the unfavorite well, light ever. It, and it wasn't like, hey, Sean, I want you to meet this guy. He's upstairs puking in your bathroom right now. Just didn't. It just didn't. Yeah. Missed connections, I think, is what they yeah. have in the personal. No, I, was, I kind of enjoyed being in Atlanta. I had met a girl and stayed here for and dated her for a minute. And it just kind of felt right to be here. Yeah. And Empire was a lot of fun. I mean, we were doing 300 covers a night and just putting out really technical food for the masses, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I remember when Empire opened. It was a, it was an event. It certainly caused a number of waves in, in the in in the restaurant fabric. Like, not every, very few restaurants do that when they open. Very very rarely does that happen. That yeah. uh, it lands and opens, and then it just sort of sends out ripples. No, it's definitely a, a seminal restaurant at the time of that time and place. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but so you got you then you got Empire and then Staple House. Um, how um, how's it going now? Things are good, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you both seem happy, which is nice. Um, I talked to a lot of chefs, and not everybody seems happy. You know, it, I mean, as you know, it's a journey. Things happen in your personal life and make you makes you look at things differently, and you know it ebbs and flows. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, I'd be I'd be saying something different a year and a half ago. Yeah, more of a negative thing. I mean, it's I think I think that question ten years ago, even maybe five or eight years ago, sounds silly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like nobody, yeah, nobody gave a shit if you're happy. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's. Well, I think a lot has changed in the past couple of years, and uh, I, I mean, I don't know if uh, Tony Bourdain's passing is solely responsible for that, but I think that it definitely helped people start looking at things differently and talking about things differently, and you know, I mean, it definitely opened my eyes a lot for just, I guess, like self awareness and reflection and prioritizing things that fucking matter in your life and yeah kids will do that oh you know? in, a, in like, a heartbeat because they don't care if you're tired yeah they don't give they a don't shit. give a shit i always say like yeah sorry guys i can't go out you know i got two alarm clocks that i can't hit snooze on <laughs> uh, yeah and it hurts a lot more yeah <laughs> I don't, my bounce is <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm deflated oh, they're like oh you're sick oh, who cares yeah where's my where's where's breakfast yeah yeah. 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 Anyway, at the same time, that that's a that's a that's a bell you're always going to answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you just can't. You're not going to. You can't stop getting up. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just going to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It does. It does reprioritize your life. Certainly, the boy's Absolutely. arrival changed. I think everything. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think it's good. It's good for you good for growth yeah well it causes you to have to do things that maybe you didn't you didn't know you wanted to do um for sure it also requires you to consider things that aren't you which i think is um i think that's the most probably the most important thing about yeah about kids is like not thinking about yourself yeah all the fucking time yeah so which is which is a drag for the record, <laughs> yeah, which is a super drag. Like you, no, like, it is. You can't like obsess about. Oh, what am I gonna do today? And oh, what is, it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's my favorite line. Is like when you're a father or a mother, nobody gives a shit about your birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> who, who fucking cares? It's your yeah. birthday. It <laughs> what do you want? A, you want a Sunday? But who gives a shit about your birthday? Yeah, <laughs> 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 grow up. <laughs> we. I know it's your birthday soon, soon. 
people, you don't have kids, so you can. I care about my birthday. You can care about your birthday. That's fine. Sam, don't have kids. <laughs> you're gonna. I've, I'm gonna say you're gonna. There's a couple of steps missing. At this yeah, point. there's a couple of steps missing. A couple of steps. There's Lots a, of missed opportunities. <laughs> maybe soon. You never know. Never know. Do you want to have kids? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good strong answer. He's gonna have kids. Zero hesitation. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Not even that. Uh, no, none of that. It it is the best thing ever, but it's fucking hard. It's yeah. It's that's I don't I think that's the part that's undersold. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's just so amazing. It's about yeah. They don't nobody like like for instance, even fucking childcare for the first two years was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. It was like we were sending one and a half kids to college <laughs> for two years. Yeah, my fucking four year old's still like that. I <laughs> Epic meltdown. For the record, you're not allowed to say my fucking four year old, but sorry, I, my I appreciate the candor. Epic meltdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have two that just like to that just like to poke fun at each other on a constant, just constantly. Like yeah. Miles is uh, Sam, Miles will say, Sam, uh, what's five times six? And Sam goes. I don't want to tell you, Miles. Miles will be like, it's because you don't know Sam. Like, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's six? The, yeah. They're just brutal. They're just brutal. <laughs> and Miles will, lord, are- Miles will lord that over him. And then Sam, the other day, well, not the other day, a few months back, said, uh, you know, Miles, it doesn't matter because you'll always be small. <laughs> like, oh, oh like, damn. <laughs> that is, that is dark <laughs> i'm sorry that i gave all that to you because that is not that doesn't sound like leah you're like, you're like, <laughs> both of them they're both me oh they're brutal Shit. they're terrible people <laughs> that's, that's amazing <laughs> yeah my my oldest is uh she's almost five and she's a diva oh big time was that the one dancing in the video earlier no that's no. my two-year-old and she, the, the, the dancing from my two-year-old is, I guess, a little outside of her normal because she's, what I always, what I've been saying recently is like, my oldest is going to be like a ballet dancer or like, uh, I don't know, literally a certified fucking princess. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay. My two-year-old. The CFP. <laughs> CFP. CFP. <laughs> my two-year-old is going to be an MMA fighter. Hands down. Oh. Yeah, she's just... A ground and pound? She, she is <laughs> brutal. She'll walk up to kids in her little pre-K class and just like, boom, push them over. Oh. Knock them over. Man. It's amazing. <laughs> just tackle them. Uh. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> but deep down inside, I'm like, yeah, get them. Yeah, yeah Sam, Sam did that when he was at a, a playground once and he was being chased by a larger kid. And he was like three, and the larger kid was like five, six, yeah. big, bigger kid. And the, the largest kid's playing like he's a dinosaur. He's having a good time chasing Sam around. Sam's pretending like he's scared. And I guess he gets this little gleam in his eye. And I was like, uh oh. Plants his foot and takes off at the kid, at the big kid, like, like 
full on like sprinting at this kid and the kid's still playing like a dinosaur he's got oh, his yeah. hands over his head and the last minute sam drops his head in his yes. shoulder and plants the kid like pops him in the chest and like puts him in the air yes and on his ass i was like okay we gotta go <laughs> like you okay buddy are you okay buddy okay we gotta go let's get everybody in the car let's go, let's go get ice cream <laughs> <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> before somebody sees what happened yeah. let's go <laughs> so i was uh I was reminded today by social media that um, uh, this is the anniversary. Do you is remember? this about coronavirus? No. Okay. No. This is this is about. Do you remember the the review on the luminary? Oh, yeah, that was a fucking great read. <laughs> do you remember that? It was harsh. Yeah, I do. And I I decided in my head I think that that was like a seminal moment in Atlanta so, media that changed. Some something on social media reminded you of that. Well, I had. I had put a post up like eight, I think it was eight years ago. I want to say it was an eight years ago today. There was a creative loafing review on the luminary. Has the rock market been around that long? Maybe it was, maybe it was less. I'll look it up. Maybe it wasn't eight years ago. It was a while back. Let's see. Yeah, that was a, that was a harrowing read. Yeah. Made me cringe free. No, eight years ago. Wow. That was no way. Yeah. It was the first, it was, it was the first thing in that thing. space, yeah. yeah. Outside the main space, so it, I guess it could open. I just don't remember. I, I, remembered, I remembered reviews reading like that before, occasionally, but nothing that high profile, and I don't remember reading anything like that since. And it, I felt like it changed a lot of things. I could be wrong. I mean, I, my perspective is... M- pretty narrow from from where i sit at the these days as compared to where i was eight years ago but i remember it as like i think to a man we were all like oh like just that's just not right it was a, it was it was overboard it was per, it was personal i think that was the part that Who bothered that? me the most that was jennifer zyman I think. yeah it was the only one in atlanta i can come close to thinking of is probably Christian Lauerbach review of Josh Hopkins, yeah, and her little pamphlet, "The Knife and Fork," which was uh, well, it's pretty uncomfortable to read. <laughs> yeah, that was that one was pretty bad too. Yeah. She had compared one of his dishes to a sex toy, oh. and shape and appearance, which is kind of an odd thing. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I know, okay, I stopped the conversation. We can move on. No, it's okay. It, I, that, I, that one that it just it popped up today, a, and I was like, I should talk to talk to these guys about. Well, this. Well, you know, I think that I honestly think we could use more of that kind of honest uh, writing, and I th- I think it's a slippery slope. Have you ever received a review like that? Mm, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, mine. The only place my name's been on the menu has been in Maine, and. I never got reviewed up there. But I mean, Ryan and I have been fortunate enough to usually be pretty blessed on having pretty glowing reviews. Well, I mean, I mean, you're both like super talented. It's, that helps a little. Yeah, but I think it's tricky. Like, I, I as I agree on one side, um, that I this is, a, this is a tough conversation. So we can move on. No, we can it's, move on. It's, it's, it's I, I brought it up because it was. I thought it was interesting because. Well, and I, and I have a lot of opinions about this topic, and 
but I, it, it doesn't it doesn't always behoove you to uh, 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 to make those opinions known. You don't you don't have to talk about it. I well, there was I, a, I, I I've worked in bars now. I've 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 yeah, yeah. sworn off the restaurant business. I want to open. Well, that's bars. because you're smart. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want an espresso machine. I don't want any of that. Yeah, I'm good. No, I that's smart. Uh, there was a time when I actually asked, uh, do you know Wyatt Williams or know who he is? He, no. he did some, I guess, freelance writing. I've always really enjoyed his writing. Very talented. Um, he helped, um, I, I uh, did a very short lived single topic magazine thing. And he wrote one of the, one of those magazines a couple, you know, six, seven years ago. So I got to know him, and um, I asked him one time. Uh, it it might have actually been a, after that review how he felt about chefs reviewing reviews, and is there a way to do it to put a different perspective out there? Because I think as on one hand, like I was gonna, I was gonna say that I agree with Sam that like there needs to be some more direct messaging put out there because they're just in general, not specific to Atlanta, but in general, just, I think for accountability of just like, you know, restaurant standards and expectations and, you know, execution, like hold people accountable of just brutal honesty of like people's experiences. I get, you know, that's, that's fine. But the power that those people hold and what that can do for a small business owner when it's personal. And I think on the Christian Lauterbach thing with Josh Hopkins, that shit was personal. And that's not fair. Yeah. Like, if you don't like somebody. Did, who cares? Who cares if you don't like them? Then don't fucking write about them like that. That's not fucking right. Yeah. So this is our, his fucking livelihood, you know? Like, there's, well, that, there's just a- too much work that goes into what we do. And like, you put your heart and soul into something and somebody has the ability to have that much influence on the actual business that comes through your door. That fucking sucks. If it's based off of their personal feelings of who you are as a person or who you are as a chef, like it's about the experience you have, right? Like make it professional, right? Keep it professional. Yeah. And, and who like, where the credentials are like your experience to be a fucking food writer? Like, Oh, you had a fucking blog. So the fuck what? Yeah. What does that give you the right to review me? You don't know what it takes to run a restaurant. That's true. You know, like it's fucking hard. Yeah. And and, and I I think on the, on the flip side, it's just of the same point. Like all we don't, well, outside of now, I don't have a microphone. The only microphone I have is the things that I produce. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have a social media account or a couple and now I guess I have a podcast outside of that, but that's not everybody. Yeah. A lot of people re- choose to remain like generally anonymous. I mean, they go to work, they do their job. Yeah. They put their heart and soul into it. They probably cut some big checks if they are the owner of the restaurant. Right. And like, that's, that's, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. And they don't and, have any recourse. What are they going to do? What are yeah. they going to do? You have this huge following and, and as this you, voice and as they have know, just a business. Like the restaurant business, it's a, it's it's a pretty low margin business. Yeah. Like the I don't want to go on record for saying this actually, but uh you want to whisper it in my ear and I can go on record for it. <laughs> just to say like, you know, 
somebody that's actually going to invest in something to get a return on their investment. What the fuck are they doing? Put money into a restaurant. Like, yeah, you should. There's a there's stock markets and things for yeah, that. Yeah, like there's, there's a, so many different yeah, options. It's time to buy right now too. Yeah. <laughs> Shame those. That's what I said today. I was Sam, like, the first of all your funds. Kara's <laughs> like, do you see the stock market? I was like, yeah, I'm about to go home and buy some shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, once this coronavirus shit blows over. It's going to go back up. Yeah. Right back anyway, up. sorry. We're getting off track. You don't know you're okay. I'm sorry. I had a, a, I had a Charlie horse. I may hey, have worked out today. You lost your bounce. Yeah. It's all gone. There's, yeah. there's no bounce. The best part is I have a boom mic, so I can just stand you up. You can just move it. Yeah. And just keep doing go. this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if I got too... To, I just... No, it's okay. It, it, that, well, I, get, I, I get really I, frustrated I, by it. I like, brought it up because it was a and, and it was, also, you it's know, an interesting topic. To, to echo what Sam said, like I feel extremely fortunate that like I've had very nice things said about places that I've been and and worked, and you know, incredibly grateful for that because you know, of course, it it, it helps. So there's like the effect is is massive on both sides of the fence. Yeah, and I. I sometimes think that, like, you know, it, it, this is the way it seems or feels, that sometimes writers uh, don't understand the power of their pen, and especially when they're going to deliver really, really harsh content. Yeah. I also think they kind of have, like, a capricious writing style, or at least a research style of it, too, where they don't really follow up on their, their due diligence. I agree. And I think... The most recent one that I can think of that really has, who's not in Atlanta more, anymore, is what is his name? Kirby. Corby. Kirby Kermer. Kermer. Yeah. I kicked the table again. I'm sorry. It's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, I thought uh, I, I thought he yeah, was I just dropped my phone on purpose this make that. I thought he was really good. Yeah, he. Uh, very thorough. Very thorough. And honestly, if someone's very thorough and gives a fair assessment, if it's I'll fair. If it's well, fair, so, so it's the, fair. The, the trouble, though, is that word. What is that word? Fair. It's relative. Yeah, it's, it's, it's relative, right? Yeah. So what's fair to you is not fair to the writer, is not fair to me. Like That's true. So I think equitable. Equitable is a better word. Probably. But still, like it's, all, like, it's really all about the perspective, right? Like, they have to go into their reviewing process, of, process like, as a normal guest, not as a writer. Right. I think that that, that, I don't know. And well, I mean, should there be some sort of metric that they do in their heads about like, this guy has a 40 seat house. If I make 20 people turn away from this restaurant every week. I think it should be something to consider. $38 check average. Then I, this is how much power and sway I have over his margin and his way of life. Right. It's it's like, or his, even then, if he's not an owner. Which cuts deeper, to be totally honest. Absolutely. If he's just the, if he's the chef, that could be his job. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, and how hard is it for you to get a another job when you get fired from a job because of a review? Because the internet never forgets. No. Now it's not like the old days where no. it's like Facebook reminded me about that fucking review <laughs> this morning eight years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> like. Even my own personal internet never forgets, but the, like the internet doesn't forget shit. Yeah, like things that used to be printed gives us shit about that. Is like this, yeah. is, you know, compost heap someplace. Yeah, I mean it's it's so it's brutal. It's a, it's just an interesting topic. It, it, it is. Just, it's and always a, it, and it's always a slippery slope because like 
you know, most people and I'm also, who do this don't want to. You know. I'm also giving perspective from my own my own lens, right? Like, I don't know what it's like to be a food writer. I just know that how it feels to be on the receiving end and see people that I care about get reviews that aren't great and not not feel like they're equitable, right? Like, mm. I just I don't. And, and again, it's just my perspective. And sometimes I I agree. Sometimes I don't. But it's like I don't know what type of experience that person had when they're there. There's a, a lot of moving parts to it, but yeah, it's a, it's a tricky tricky topic. If I knew how to write and articulate <laughs> my fucking thoughts appropriately, well, you got to say stop saying fucking every. That's why there's. Well, I don't think he would type it out. Like if you were typing it out, I think he yeah. would notice he was saying fuck a lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like oh, my word count's really up. Every time I'm outside of my house and I don't have to watch my language, I curse. It's fun. It's fun. I, you know, I curse like a, like a fucking sailor. Like I curse a yeah. lot. It also helps that I will, I run a bar, which it fits right in. Like, I yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Can you open a dive bar? You meant like him as personally, or just no, like no, in the in aesthetic? No, 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 no. I think it was. Is can it, you can, or does a bar become to, a dive bar? Right. Um. I think you can. I would point to Lloyd's. Is that a dive? I don't think it, it's a dive. It will be. Like it will be quicker than when it when it when it has ten to fifteen years on it, people will call it a dive bar because yeah. it's already built in the nostalgia. I think it's. I think in oh, that's, a, that's in today's. I think yeah. in today's in in, to, in today's like everything lasts fifty fucking seconds and then it's gone. Ha <laughs> ha! And it's just like you know what I mean. Like yeah. everything is social media and everything's quick hit until you know Facebook reminds you of something. Like it just yeah. um, you're. Uh, people process ideas and thoughts so quickly and don't dwell on them or consider them very often. Right. Um, I think that uh, nostalgia will be born out quicker now than it used to be. So like you look at manuals and manuals is a historic bar that is also kind of a dive bar, but also like a, a phenomenon. Like if I were to open a bar bar and I could make it look like manuals, I'd make it look like manuals because I love being in that bar. It was my home bar for years. See, but that's it. You, you just captured the whole thing. Right. So yeah. like, but so there's a dichotomy there. Yep. I, I think as, as people's brains work now, it would be entirely possible to design something that looks nostalgic that would be a dive bar if you just didn't take care of it and let people put panties on the ceiling for the next five to 10 years and then it would be a dive bar. Right. But in my classic observation of a, what a true dive bar is, yeah. I could also argue, on the other hand, that dive bars are cultural and they can only receive the blessing from the people who come there. Like Pinky Masters was my favorite dive bar in Savannah. This guy's good. That's a good fucking answer. That's a great bar. That That's a, a great bar. bar. <laughs> I love that bar. I, I think he can open a dive bar. I've been to a bar that opened, and it was this amazing bar in downtown Los Angeles called Ham and Eggs. And it used to be a breakfast counter. It was like a Chinese-owned breakfast counter that went out of business, and new owners took it over and basically just took it over as a turnkey. Didn't change a damn thing just about put it. put booze on the back. Put booze on the back. <laughs> and uh, I strolled in there at 5 p.m. They had just opened. There wasn't a single light on in the place. There's this beautiful woman reading an auto trader magazine with her feet propped up on the counter listening to rolling stones it's like 
oh my god i'm <laughs> where i need to be in life right now yeah and it's just incredibly bright outside and just incredibly dark inside and they called it ham and eggs because it was the only visible signage that was still readable on the outside exterior of the building so they just literally took it over put a couple of wines a couple of beers a record player and called it ham and eggs and it was amazing that That's sounds great. that sounds like a hipster bar I mean, dive bars, dive bars will get you into trouble. Hipster bars, you're not getting in trouble in no a hipster bar. Like a dive bar, a dive bar is someplace. The only time I've ever been offered cocaine and a blowjob in the bathroom was at Pinky Masters. Now, I didn't accept either of those, but in, I do regret that sometimes. That was a long time ago when I had a little bounce in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you were going to get that at next. But, <laughs> uh, okay, moving on to a, a more, a, a more fun topic. Uh, this is um, this is called Would You Rather, and I have asked this uh, uh, twice now. Would you rather eat the same thing every day, or listen to the same music every day? And it must be this: you can you only get to eat the same thing over and over, and you only get to the same listen to the same album over and over. One album. One album. Do I have to tell eat. you what those items are? Yeah, you have to choose which one. You would, would you eat the same thing over and over or, eat, or listen to the same album over and over and you have to tell me what the thing would be? I'd say right off the cuff, I'd eat the same thing every day. You think so? Yeah. I think music's that important in my life. Yeah? And what would the thing be? Mm. I don't know. It might be cow soy. Cow soy? noodles. Yeah, cow soy, all right. Fair enough. Every fucking day. Every <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like the last last time, Sorry. Craig said, Craig said, oh, music is really important to me. I'm like, you're a chef. Like, that's. Are you sure about that? Like, is that your final final answer? Like, I get it. Trust me, I get it. But, like, I have to eat this. I mean, that's like that sounds like torture. Like, you could abs- you would only have to listen to the album once a day. You wouldn't have to. Yeah, listen to I was concert. just gonna say. You can listen to music and have know. a pretty minimal effect on your day, right? right? Because it's one album. How long is an album? Even a long album. It's part of your day. Yeah. I think I find myself So you're going to eat that shit three times a day? Yeah. Oh. All, every day? Oh, Honestly, no. I only eat once a day. Dude, what's your Most poop going to look like? <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be gingery. That's for certain. Spicy. <laughs> Eventually, it's just going to come out like noodles. <laughs> it's going to be a lot like. Or my time in northern Thailand, <laughs> hot liquid magma. Oh, hot magma. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I love food. And I like imagine. I get, I, get like imagine. More, I get off more cooking for people than cooking for myself. It's like I ate a bowl of rice for dinner tonight. Can, can Sam and I answer this question for each other as well? Yeah, sure. If you want. Okay. Uh, this is a brand new game. I just started it. Okay. So you can do it as you wish. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I I don't. I think you're done. Are you done? Are are you? Have we? Have we wrapped here? Where are we? I mean, I think so. Okay. I love music. You you eat cow soy every day, three times a day, twice a day, maybe once a day. If you know, I could do twice a day. Two portion. But and the good thing about cow soy is that it's like ramen, where it kind of it varies from region to region. Neighborhood to neighborhood. Oh, no, no, no. no, no it's got to no, be the same no, thing. No, you can't no, do that shit. No. It's still labeled as cow soy. No. You're not. No. Listen, you're not traveling. 
for a fucking country. There's no, there are no, everyday there life. are no lawyers involved in this. <laughs> yeah, are you, <laughs> Your Honor? Uh, m- my client was traveling through Thailand and had cow soy <laughs> off the menu at every destination. <laughs> Come on, some was just a steak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I would definitely go music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what album do you think? Well, uh, I'd say that like music has always been in a in an important part of my life, but not something that I felt like defined me. And through my more recent uh self-reflecting and stuff like that i was reunited and sam knows this because i've been obsessed recently with tool and uh there's a spiritual interpretation that is left for the listener to decide that i'm highly attracted to so the album would be lateralis from tool and i could listen to that every single day for the rest of my life because i think that they pave a path for you to have a different experience and you know much like if you think about music in general or food it's so mood driven right that's why this question is insanely hard right it's hard because you crave both things yeah and you crave different types of both things depending on where you are during the day where you are with a fucking relationship or whatever you know like what type of mood you're in and uh that's what i i I love what they do is they they make it up to your own interpretation it's it's incredible wow yeah very cool so if sam were to answer music yes (laughs) my answer for sam would be uh I'm gonna say credence. That's not a bad one. It's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you talk about credence Clearwater, Clearwater revival. There it is. Uh, a few times. But see, that's the thing I love about music. It's like I feel much more relative to my surroundings with music and what I need to hear right now. Future islands. It probably. I don't know what it would be. It'd have to be something. Really tuck the sack back and let it go. <laughs> It'd have to be new. I, it might be Paul Simon Graceland. I don't know. That's a good one. It might goodbye go. horses on repeat. <laughs> it would be goodbye horses. By, what's that? Lazarus? Is that that band? Q Lazarus. I don't. I don't know. I do. You're outside. You're now outside. You ever seen? Do you, uh, <laughs> do you remember Buffalo Bill? And uh, oh yeah, I I do mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Where he tucks it back and oh, he's yeah. dancing. Oh I see. Goodbye okay. horses. Oh, oh is that the? Oh okay. It's a really. It's a really great song. <laughs> uh, we played it a lot at Stable House. I'm pretty sure guests it's, would be we're, like, I'm, what? I'm currently the- changing it to the on-hold music when you call the restaurant. <laughs> so how do, how do you guys run your music? I was, I was wondering that when the last I time I was in there. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I know this. This is the worst direction anyone in a position that I'm in could give someone like to create a 
fucking playlist. I know what I like. I know it doesn't <laughs> fit. I'm just going to give you really aggressive feedback throughout the night. And most of the time it's like, dude, what the fuck are we listening to? Yeah. Can you, somebody change this shit? That sounds exactly, that sounds <laughs> yeah. exactly like but me. I can't, like, the difference is uh, you are in a very, very nice restaurant and have to keep your voice slightly down. I can yell at top of my lungs. I want to yell so what, bad. Sometimes. Logan, what the fuck is this? What, yeah. <laughs> like the sun is down. No classic rock after the sun is down. That's my rule. That's a good rule. No classic See, rock after the sun is down. I like that. Whenever, once, once the sun crests the fucking horizon. I've actually heard you say that. Before. I don't want to hear any more. Fuck, no Kansas. Don't you not. I, don't you fucking. Don't do you it. fucking play that Kansas again? <laughs> Fuck dust in the wind. Do not play that right now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so. There it is with that word. And then again. my employees, my little bartender, bar staff is like, what is wrong with him? Why is he like this? Yeah, I do the same thing. Because I'm, I'm terrible. That's why, they comp- that's why I've built a playlist for the companion. Well, like, I don't know how to make playlists. Or it's not that I don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm saying, like, I can't, they, like, they compile. They didn't have that at the CIA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playlist elective? I don't type so good. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm not good at creating a playlist. No. So that's the thing. Oh, okay. It's a, that doesn't Dude, seem like even a thing that's possible. I, I have a hard time figuring out what to fucking listen to half the time. I mean, Smith's just going to put on Wu-Tang Clan and... I got like five Gangstar things in my pocket. That's it. Tribe, Roots, Tool. That's about it. That's gonna it. Be- That'll get you a long way. Tribe will get you a long, long love way. Love Tribe. People love Tribe. Love That's actually when Tribe. The, see, this is another thing that I love about music. And it's like, on Saturday Night and Stable House, it was usually old school hip hop. And usually Saturday night was when we'd worked all the kinks out for the week. So like was everyone was the everyone best was of the week. <laughs> it was the best day of the week. Everyone's somewhat happy. Dining room's full. And then there's just this amazing hip hop on the radio. And you can just kind of feel it. You're like, you can feel the vibrations of the room of just like this Syn- is synergy. The synergy. That's the word. Synergy. You know, that's seven a, habits. Er, earlier, whenever we were talking about critics jennifer zyman came in one time and posted a video of a dish and like the the comment she made was something about tribe called quest and it was like 5 30 it was like right when we opened and i just remember like seeing that video on on instagram just being like fuck that's all like it's just awesome like you could i could feel the synergy just like yeah like that yeah. felt good if but you can deliver like so like the the reason I started doing playlists is because I was reading on about Turkey and the Wolf and how like he occupies a lot of different bandwidths and I think it's because he's probably got a frenetic brain like you meet people who have yeah who can't sleep very well and their their brains are always occupied by food or whatever they're doing they're always sort of constructing a project in their heads I am not like that once I'm done and I think it's good I'm pretty much I'm gonna move on I also feel like in that city too you probably have to have your playlist. Yes. On point. Certainly. Like people are going to judge you. But uh, I started constructing like a lunch playlist, a happy hour playlist, and a dinner playlist because I wanted people to be able to be like, oh, I really like that song. I'll go to the Companions, you know, Spotify account and like start whipping through and play. I just, they're all public, so you can just play them whenever you want. Um, But the idea that you can deliver food that's, and and the sound the place sounds good and the drink you're having with it tastes good and the environment is beautiful like there's a lot to be said for that like you just yeah that's a hard thing to accomplish. it's a hard thing to do like 
but I felt like I feel like the way the companion looks right now is really pretty. Like I'm super excited about its That's interior, awesome. which is strange because like all of our other bars are like like Steinbeck is like a little hole in the wall with brick and is, it's just very random. Is Steinbeck's a dive bar? No, no, it's not. I think I don't. I think you have a hot. There has I would, to be, I would agree with that. I think there has to be a hot dog in the menu, and there can't be any. I don't think there can be any cocktails in a dive bar. G and T's. I will. I will like, allow you a G and T or a Jack and like Coke. Like a cocktail um, menu. Um, uh, a, Man- or like, a Manhattan. That whatever cocktail you drink at a dive bar can't have any more than say three ingredients, and that's it. Yeah, I mean it's like that's all. Like college bar status. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think I don't. Yeah. yeah. If, the minute somebody hands you like one of Keisha's cocktails, it's, I think we're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're done with dive bar status. I think it just yeah. you just lost it. Or you know, there's a. I don't. Can a dive bar have great food? I don't think so. I think it has to have kind of. I think there's there's average to below average food. Like there has I, to be I, a would, hot would, dog. Would, Definitely has to be a hot dog on there. I would agree with that. I feel like the food should be like, like if you're sober, you're questioning if that should enter my body, right? <laughs> right. Dogzilla. I would. I will. I, will, yeah. I present well, exhibit A. Dogzilla. Where, where, the, the first. The big ugly. The is first what we dive call bar that, that comes to mind, mind about the food. <laughs> I'll explain in this, it in a second. <laughs> Does anyone follow Flatiron's Instagram account? Yeah, they've lost a step. They've lost a step. Oh on my it. god! But you, you were right. That guy was on a hot streak for a, for you a good minute. You should check out Flatiron's Instagram account and the food that it's, they post. It's it's what is that? It's that Flatiron's bar a bar in East Atlanta. In East Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it is a cavalcade of like it. He like he made um, Marukan uh, ramen cup, but he had like he had made it in the cup, and the cup was on on the plate. And the, the, the noodles were coming out of the top and were strewn across and all like of the lobster claws the stuff and like, like beef ribs coming <laughs> out. And you're like, so, oh man. Just, oh my God, if I were high, I would eat that up. I think the one that made me start following it was the meatloaf that they made look like a donut. Yes. So they made yes. a ring out of it, punch it out, it's and then only it. pictures of food. Yeah, yeah, and then all. melted cheese over, and then had like a drizzle over, and then had a coffee mug next to it that had au jus or dipping, and it's like donuts and coffee. It's like, oh my god, my mind was just blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, camel pops. I remember I showed I showed it to Craig, and Craig's like, that can't be good. <laughs> I was like, but what if it? But is? you're intrigued. But what if it is? <laughs> so what if it is? Where, uh, I grew up in central Pennsylvania. Yeah, and is that Scrapple Land? Yeah, kind of. My grandmother used to make scrap all the time. Love it. Love that shit. Uh, at, the, at the gas stations, Unimarts, they had big uglies. It was a cheeseburger wrapped around a hot dog on the rotisserie thing in the fucking gas station. It was, oh. hands down, <laughs> the most disgusting fucking thing you've ever seen yeah that doesn't sound good oh i ate a lot of it sound like it yeah. sounds like it looks a lot like a hot dog wrapped oh in like poop. just oh it will look like poop <laughs> i say poop but way, by the way by the, <laughs> I, by the way i say poop now i don't know i've been trained to say poop i don't yeah, say I shit say, anymore i say poop too yeah <laughs> oh you have to poop yeah go ahead honey. okay go. Okay. all right let's yeah. come on let's, all right, let's come go on. poop yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey sam you gotta have elective words now <laughs> I don't have any other like the words, just poop. So do you, you, I feel like we uh, covered some good ground here. You got, you guys got anything else? I thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You guys have killed it. I'm unsurprisingly. 
unsurprisingly. I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff we could get into. You're welcome. <laughs> Sounded good. It's <laughs> good. You finally got close enough to the mic. Boom. Just for the you welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Cheers, guys. That's it. That's it. Okay. Episode two in the books. Uh, that was so much fun. Now, granted, it happened a while back because I have been struggling getting this thing together for a bit. It's, I've been a little busy, a little bit busy. Uh, it is crazy how uh, Smith mentions uh, uh, COVID a couple of times. Uh, it, it, I don't think any of us had any idea uh, what was about to happen, but uh, whew, happen, happen it did. So um, thank you right off the top for, to both Sam Herndon and Ryan Smith for being here. It was a great conversation. Those two guys are just awesome to talk to. And uh, man, those were those were happier times. I tell you that. <laughs> anyway, um, we are working on new episodes. Uh, uh, and uh, I can't wait to share more conversations with you guys. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm Andy Gonzalez, and this is Inhospitable. Bye now.